Welcome back, everybody, to episode number 15. This is Asin Raza with you, your host. And today I've got an amazing guest on the show, someone who you guys will probably recognize if you've seen his billboard and ads across the GTA, especially if you live in the Durham region. I've got Hussein Kabani, broker at Remax. Thanks, Hussein, for coming on the show, man. No worries, man. It. Thanks for inviting me on. Thank you so much. We met, uh, well, I don't know if you know, we actually met... Um, a while ago. You probably don't remember, but I was at one of your listings and you had come by and then we recently met at Rob Vivian's uh, panel. Discussion. Okay. I knew about that one. Yeah, I didn't that, know the, about the first one I know because I was, I was new to their industry. So fair enough, but uh, you were there, but uh, it was Hopefully interesting. Was nice to you at that No, point. you were all, yeah. you were okay, always nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just funny story. So as we were, uh, as I was invited to do that panel with Rob Vivian, I had no idea I was going to do it with you actually. So he comes over to me at, at lunchtime and he's like, by the way, you're going to be sitting with uh, Daryl King, who's a monster in his own right. Yeah. And uh, Hussein Kabani, if he's here, he's going to be on the panel too. So I'll, I was nervous already. I'm like, oh crap! I gotta <laughs> sit with these two powerhouses. Um, but you know, when I went up there, you guys were so cool and so down to earth. Um, it was an amazing time, and I got to know more about you personally. And uh, you're a down to earth, humble guy who's done amazing. And uh, I don't want to take away your intro, but uh, please, for our audience, let us know. Um, how you got started in the business yeah. and uh, what inspired you to, to do this well for so long. Yeah, for sure. So um, I basically got inspired by real estate because uh, I talk about it as well. And you know, it is like, uh, because of my background, uh, we kind of were like low income and whatnot. And uh, my parents immigrated to Canada. And what I what I kind of realized when I was like 17, 18 is, is that uh, the way to move forward in Canada really was to get real estate and that's going to actually help right. you build wealth. So I've always been really focused on that. It's a weird goal as a 17 year old to say, yeah. hey, I'm going to buy, <laughs> I'm going to buy some property. You know what yeah. I mean? But uh, that's what really I've been focused on. Nice. Um, so I realized that early on. And when I was 21, I ended up buying my first condo. It wasn't something I really loved, but I knew I needed to kind of put my foot in the door. And I really didn't know at that point where that was going to lead me. Um, but you know, you know how it goes. You yeah. kind of take a step and you can kind of see a little bit further when you get there. Yeah. So that's what kind of happened. And then uh, I was working corporately. I was moving up through that ladder and, uh, you know, I really wanted to be involved with real estate through right. all my experiences and what I had learned. I wanted to pass that knowledge on to other people that may have been in a similar situation as me. Yeah. So that's what really got me interested in it. So I got licensed in uh, 2011 nice. and uh, I was out of my corporate job and yeah. that's what I've been doing yeah, since. I haven't looked back since. Yeah, it's been an amazing that's, ride. That's amazing. And I guess with, with today's talk, Topic, what we're going to talk about is just sort of like a recap of what you saw in Q1 of this year. Obviously, things have changed and they're continually changing and evolving in the GTA real estate market. But I thought you'd be the perfect guy to come on the show because you've done so many transactions, so much volume that you give my audience a bit of an insight that maybe somebody else doesn't have. Um, so let's just get right to it. Like for what we saw this year so far in Q1, I kind of tell the viewers, what did you see in the first half of Q1? And what are you seeing now in the back half of Q1 as we enter into the second quarter of the year? Where is the market generally overall? Yeah, so, well, you know what? Going into this year, we never really thought that it was going to be anything crazy. Yeah. Um, and that was the indication when we started off at the front half yeah. of Q1. So at the front half of Q1, everything was kind of, uh, I don't want to say not moving, but like the prices weren't really getting picked up or anything else like that. There was listings that were starting to sit on the market. Right. And then I think it was kind of around the end of January, kind of going into February, we started to see like uh, listings starting to move a little bit faster. And then what we also saw was is that multiple offers. And I remember talking to 
people in February and saying, hey, there's like multiple offers happening in a lot of places. Yeah. I think people were in, in shock too. Yeah. Uh, it's not something that we expected. I don't think you anyone no, really expected not, it, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, so it started off kind of slow in the first like four to five weeks and yeah. then it really kind of picked up. Yeah. I almost feel like a lot of the price decrease that we experienced last year, we've made back a huge yeah. chunk of it already at this point right now. Right. And I think, I think you're right because like what I saw with the market in, I would say November, December, and even January is when the prices sort of, I would say bottomed out at yep. that point. So now we look at February, March, and April steadily, like I've seen the prices go up, even if it's went up a little bit, but it's gone up steadily, including with sales. Um, but I think it's one question that I get a lot from people. And I'm also kind of wondering from your perspective is that inflation is still high. Mm -hmm. We're kind of teetering on a recession. Um, cost of goods, food, all that's still high. Economy is on the brink like of a recession. But then how is this market still resilient despite all of this? What are you seeing? What are the reasons for that? I think it's such a complicated, uh, complex issue because there's so many different components like you just mentioned. Yeah. But I think overall, what's kind of led to uh, it going the way that it is right now is because I don't think that much inventory has actually come onto the market. And right. our, and it has, but our transactions have already, uh, also yeah. kept up with it. Because if, if we look at March, I think more or less through the Toronto Real Estate Board, I think we averaged somewhere around 10,500 listings available for sale, Correct. more or less. Yeah. And what do we have? Like just under 7,000 transactions. So that means 7,000 listings yeah. came on and off of the market. So our inventory position didn't increase. Right. I was actually expecting our inventory position to actually go up, maybe yeah. like 12,000, 13,000. But even as of this morning, we were just below 11,000 still. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I've seen that same thing with inventory being so low. Do you also find that maybe those buyers that are waiting on the fence for, let's say, a year are now sort of all together coming back at the yeah. same time? 100%. And that, that's what I've heard from a lot of people. In fact, yeah. I met with somebody yesterday who ended up selling their place and they thought they were going to be selling and everything is going to be dropping and whatnot. Yeah. And now they're just kind of panicking because everything is going, going up in price. Up and they're just like, yeah. wow, we thought we we're going to sell at this number. Things are going to come down and then we're going to actually be able to take our money and buy something yeah. that's better than right. what we sold. And it's really not the case. And they are freaking out. So yeah. I think that we have this other group of people that maybe weren't supposed to be in our buyer pool right now, right. Uh, that are actually in our buyer pool. Uh, people that are sitting on the sideline, like you said, and yeah. now are like, wow, the prices aren't actually coming down. We better get in yeah. this if we're going to. Yeah, and I think that's a good point because what I noticed as well from last year, I guess May or April, May, people who, let's say I sold a house to, um, sorry, who sold their house, decided to rent for that year, yeah. right? And I kind of feel like this year looking at, like I do a lot of surveys, I do feedback from people. I found that all those people that were, that were about to renew for that lease, instead of renewing, they all kind of came back in the market because their leases were expiring. Yeah. I feel like, again, we're not trying to pump the market or anything, but that bottoming out kind of already happened. Um, but I still feel like there's opportunities out there, sure right? There like I'm looking at the numbers here and this is probably the first time in almost a year where average sale price went over the asking price, mm -hmm. right? We're over asking price. Um, months of inventory is still like 2.7, which is ridiculously low. But I think there's pockets out there where you can still kind of go out there. You don't have to significantly overpay, but I do think that buyers right now in real time might have to be a bit more aggressive, I would For say. Sure. So is that kind of what you would advise as well? Or, or do you still see, let's say, you know, um, under asking or whatnot? I don't see a ton of uh, <clears throat> under asking. Definitely yeah. it's not, everything is not like it was a year ago, like yeah, completely yeah. crazy uh, at the beginning of last yeah, year. It's not like what uh, it was last yeah, year. Yeah. So, so there are still places that are selling below asking at yeah. asking, but majority of them I think are still going over yeah. the asking price. And I mean, you know, 
it, we still have that kind of, I don't want to say issue, but that trend, right? So basically if there is a house that's sold over here for yeah. 950, the next one is 975, yeah. the next one's a million. So when you're there with your client, you know, I'm telling them, you know, how long are you actually going to be living in this property? How long right. do you think you're going to live here? Yeah. If their answer is, you know, five years, seven years, then I'm going to tell them like, I don't want to spend your money, but yeah. it kind of almost makes sense to me that if you're going to plan on being here that long, yeah. that other 25K or 50K, it's a lot of money, don't get me wrong, but mm. in the grand scheme of things, I think it's worth spending it up front and at least securing something if you're going to be there for the long run. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. I had a listing last year, I remember in Vaughan, uh, for 1.8 million. And, and basically it didn't sell because the market was down. I put it up in the market two weeks ago and within 24 hours, it was gone. Yeah. Um, and the buyer told me the exact same thing because he put an offer in for 1.7 and they went up to 1.75. We counted back at 1.775. Eventually I would ask him like, what, what, what happened where you kind of, you know, close that gap. And he told the clients that it's the exact same thing. We're like, you pay that 25, 50 grand now in the grand scheme of things, you're going to get the house where you want, where you want to live. And five, 10 years from now, who knows that property might be worth it. So you might not regret paying now. Yeah but it may be worth it five, 10 years from now. So that's kind of long-term perspective that For sure. we also preach to the clients. Yeah, and, well. I've, and I've noticed it in my own, uh, you know, real estate investing, yeah. buying stuff. Some of the stuff I bought before is just like, yeah. wow, am I crazy yeah. to actually pay <laughs> these numbers for this thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, looking back at it yeah. five years, seven years back, and I'm like, wow, I wish, yeah. I wish I bought the neighbor too. I wish <laughs> I bought the street. I, I the, wish I could have came up with the yeah. funding to buy it so all. because it's just home buyer's remorse. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> buy more. But yeah. this is a long-term, right? Long -term, yeah, yeah, when you look at, look at it long term yeah. it's definitely winning so i mean you've been in the industry for a decade now um you've seen a lot you've done a lot do you think there's going to be a cap in the gta where prices will sort of stop at let's say two million and that's it or do you just think with the amount of immigration population happening is it just going to get out of control over time or what's what's your perspective on that yeah i, I definitely think that there is going to be a cap yeah but it's not going to last long yeah uh, okay. you, you know what i mean like yeah. uh, uh i think we're going to keep uh going up and up and up in price yeah. points like i remember looking at like townhouses in pickering like 10 years ago and yeah. they were like you know 350,000, 400,000. Yeah. and even when i looked at those houses i was like yeah. wow what what would yeah. someone actually gain by buying this it doesn't right. make any sense right now we would like, you know, be right away with the money in hand, like yeah. trying to buy these places. So, you know, and these houses, like, you know, they, they went a million dollars. I never yeah. thought in my wildest dreams, Not and I'm in either. the business yeah. that they're going to go to a million dollars. But when you kind of see that firsthand and you right. kind of look at how the prices have moved over even a hundred years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's always on the up and up. So even the prices that I think are unbelievable to get to in the future, yeah. I, I, I believe that they will get there. Right. Now, obviously there's no guarantee of when they're going to get there, but I don't believe that there's a cap. Yeah. I mean, especially like you alluded to the immigration and everything else happening like that. Uh, I definitely think the prices are going to continue to move up. Yeah, I, I think as long as we have immigration in this country, the sky's the limit. Now, yeah. that's not always a good thing for first time home buyers because for me, I want as many people to get into the market as possible. But I think the reality is that even though, let's say, immigration comes to Canada, 40 or 50% of those people end up coming to Toronto one way or the other. Like even my example, when we were new to Canada, my parents went to Montreal first, but the goal was to always come to Toronto. Sure. And I think that's what kind of inflates the prices. Well, just a few weeks ago, I had a client of mine, six months new to Toronto um, from the Middle East. He bought his first property and they came with money. They had all the down payment ready um, and boom, right away, they were in the market. Yep. Yep. And I think I'm seeing that more and more now. Um, but just switching gears now to, to Durham. So you work a lot in Durham yep. or in GTA. That's kind of your 
your base, right? Yeah, like say? Durham yeah. with yeah. the special interest kind of in Pickering. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, like I do work mostly okay. Durham. So I'm just going to read some numbers here for you. Hopefully that I, I know them. That were pretty, <laughs> I, I saw this morning, I was pretty impressive actually. So right now, like in Durham region, the months of inventory, 1.5. In uh, Ajax, 1.3. Oshawa, 1.4. Pickering, 1.7. Basically everything under two. And if you don't yeah. want months, months of inventory, that's where... If let's say there were no more houses available for sale in the Greater Toronto area, it would take this long for the homes to sell out. So in your experience the last 10 years, why has Durham been such a popular destination? And what's causing this crazy numbers that you're seeing now? Yeah, good question. Um, my opinion is, is that uh, it just goes with the evolution of how the, the GTA market actually grew, right? Yeah. So it grew basically, I think, from downtown. It worked its way to North York. Uh, then we saw some spread go into the West End. Right. And then we saw go up even further north, like Richmond Hill, York Region, all those areas up there. And Durham was kind of really avoided. A yeah. lot of times I ask people, like, why wouldn't you have moved to Pickering? And yeah. the feedback is, oh, they have a nuclear power plant. Right. Yeah, that was a big concern. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and things like that. So, so yeah. I think, like, Durham really kind of got ignored while yeah. these other places still uh, right. were growing and there was space available to grow. Yeah. But now as these places get outpriced or out of reach for certain people, now it's starting to look a yeah. lot more attractive to come into Durham. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever think, I mean, my sister just bought a house in Ajax for a million dollars. Yeah. I mean, I just, I couldn't believe it because like you said, 10 years ago, it was like 300 or 400,000, right? Yeah. So looking back, you're probably like, this would never go up to a million, but, it, but it has, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then do you see Durham to continue to be a place of, of destination for people, especially newcomers? Like how far in Durham are you seeing uh, people move like Bowmanville, Curtis? Yeah. Is that also places where you'd recommend or yeah. that have potential? Yeah, absolutely. Because the thing is, is that it's it's the same phenomena, I guess, yeah. what, what, that we kind of see, right? Like, so we have clients that are in like Pickering and they yeah. have their townhouse or a yeah. single car garage home and they're looking to upgrade those homes. And uh, usually they're kind of trying to stick around the same price point. Maybe right. there's a bit of a lift in that price point, but they're not going to be able to buy back into that same neighborhood yeah. most most cases right yeah. so they are moving to ajax whitby uh oshawa we've moved people over to bowmanville oh, yeah. and even starting to go a little bit further than that now as well yeah. so I, I don't think that there is really a limit of how far it's going to go it, i think it depends on that person if they can work from home most yeah. of the time if they only have to commute back once a week or twice a week right. it makes it a little bit more feasible and then obviously budget is a big constraint yeah. for people at the same and time I, I think we're also i mean there's so much development happening like the gold station they're opening yeah. up um you've got the 407 extension the 401 is already already there um, so these things, I think, makes it accessible for people to eventually come to the city if they ever wanted to. For sure. Right? Yeah. yeah. Th there is a lot of inf infrastructure that's going in there yeah. that is going to, like you said, make it easier to come back to the city. Right. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Uh, next question I have for you, something you talk about a lot about in your channel is the fact that we're going to have so many people renew their mortgage in the next year or two years with the, with the high rates. Um, you recommended to your viewers that if you're somebody who, let's say, is going to renew at a higher rate and it may be unaffordable, you're actually suggesting that they may want to get out of the property. Want to explain that more? And, and yeah. why, why is that suggestion? Um, so I guess, uh, why are you promoting that in terms of today's market? So basically, uh, we know that there's people that have gone into the market with one and a half, two percent rates, two and a half percent rates. And when they have to come back and renew at four and a half, five, uh, they may not be able to afford that payment, yeah. right? So the thing is, is that we know for a lot of the part, like people do really stretch when they're buying their house, right? If they could buy for one, one, they're trying to get like one, one and a quarter, or, you know, 1150, something like that. So they're really stretching when they're doing that. And maybe that's okay at like 2% or mortgage or whatever. But when you have to come back and renew at four and a half or 5%, <coughs> Maybe it's not so feasible on the payments. And, and what I'm trying to tell people is think ahead a little bit, okay? If you have a renewal that's coming up, think ahead. Because 
I don't know. Like right now, the market is doing really well, but I don't know what's going to happen in the summertime, right? It gets very foggy when we start looking two, three months out there. Yeah. So right now, the market is doing really well. And if you're confident that you are not going to be able to kind of make those payments and, and whatnot, and to get ahead of things, that's why I'm suggesting people, hey, take advantage of where the market is right now. Uh, you know, consider selling that place right now and uh, avoid yourself a potential headache and save yourself some of that equity right. and at least try to be able to buy back in the market. Maybe it's not something that you have right now. Yeah. Maybe you have to do a little bit of a downgrade, uh, but to make that move before you're forced to make that move. Yeah. But what if someone in that situation might be losing, let's say, 25, 50 grand? Is it still worth it for them to cut their losses and maybe kind of save the mental aspect of stress that you that you kind of foresee happening? In, in my opinion, property. yeah. And, and I can give you a quick example. Yeah. So I know of someone that didn't end up using me to purchase a property uh, in Oshawa. They paid like, you know, over $1.3 million for that property. Uh, and they were on a variable rate. And as yeah. it kept going up, it's unaffordable for them. So right. this guy right now is working like two jobs, a night shift, an afternoon yeah. shift, whatever. Yeah. He's got like only like eight hours to himself right now. Yeah. And his wife's working as well. So when I calculate all the spend that they have going out there, it just doesn't make sense. Like, your income yeah. doesn't actually equal living in this nice house. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's not that I want to try to pull them out of there, right, but just right. for your own peace of mind, like it's nice that you have a nice house, but you still yeah. have to uh, be comfortable. Yeah, uh, you want to be happy, right? Yeah, exactly. Day, it's, it, like, it's not all know. about having the house is, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think a lot of people nowadays are sort of house poor. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned in your, in your podcast as well, like just kind of keeping up with the Joneses is not the formula that we should all be going for. Um, be happy with the smaller home downsizing, just as long as you don't have that mental stress. I think that's way more important than trying to buy or afford a larger home that you may lose in six yeah. months if, if you can't hold on to yeah. the mortgage payment. So that's, that's a great advice there. Um, what are you telling right now, uh, specifically to, to home buyers in this market? What advice are you giving them? And then we'll talk about sellers as well afterwards. For sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, home buyers. What I'm basically telling them is is the same thing that we kind of recapped already is, is that if you're going to be in there for five to seven years or whatnot, I think you're pretty safe. Yeah. Uh, like, fine. Uh, do we know if the prices are definitely going to stay where they are? Can yeah. they come down a bit or whatnot? Uh, I think that's all a risk. Yeah. But again, if you're in there for the long run and you're evaluating your payments uh, the way that they are right now, because yeah. I think... In my opinion, I think a lot of people are moving towards fixed products right now, whereas yeah. everyone was kind of on variable before. Right. Um, so I think if you're on a fix, uh, fix, fixed rate right now, at least you can calculate and make yeah. sure that you're going to be okay, right? right. Uh, so in that case, I'm telling people to move forward with it. If they're comfortable with the payment, they like the house, they can see themselves there for at least five years. Yeah. I'm telling them, even if you have to pay, overpay a little bit, yeah. I'd say get in the market. Okay. And, and just, be, uh, I want to circle back to yeah. something that you also said. And you said, you know, you advocate to people to get into the market uh, the first time home buyers. And I would do the same thing. Yeah. You know, I've been saying this for the last little while uh, is that I think that the North American dream of coming here and owning real estate, I think that's going to go away. Maybe even in 10 years, that's going to be something that we can say, that's hey, true. like first time yeah. home buyers, you yeah. can come in and you could buy this. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to be possible. Yeah. Uh, and I think if it is possible, it's going to be really on the outskirts uh, right. of the right. cities. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I think whatever real estate is kind of even around the GTA and if yeah. somebody has an opportunity to get in, and I think if it's as little as a condo even, I say yeah. you, you buy it and you get in. Yeah. Another thing I just want to let you know also is, is that I'm telling people if they're not happy about like maybe purchasing a condo in Pickering or Markham and, and they have somewhere else to be, yeah. I'm saying still buy it. Buy it yeah. Stay with your folks. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Stay with them. Rent that place out. Right. And at least you're going to have something 100%. to start with yeah. at, at the same no, that's, time. I, I did a couple of reels on that same topic. Awesome. So that resonates with me a lot. Actually, I've got a couple of clients that I'm working with right now who are first time home buyers. 
And I don't know if you use this, but I find this a lot is that they have that money saved in the bank, 100 grand, 200 grand. Yep. But there's something stopping them from pulling the trigger. And when you ask them the core question, what is their core fear? It's what if I make a bad investment or what if I lose my money? What I tell them, and I'm sure we tell them as well, is that that money sitting in your bank is doing you more harm than it is because you're losing money over time. Sure. Right? And there's always going to be risks in investments in real estate, whatever it is. But if you can put that money into a property, right? And if you've done your research, you've done your education, you've done your due diligence, right? Even if the market goes up or goes down, I mean, rest assured, if it's a good educated decision in the long run, like you said, you will probably win out. Yeah. Um, and there's always risks involved, but I think the biggest fear that people have is what if I lose my money? But <clears throat> my thing to them is like, you're doing more harm with that money sitting in your account. So pull that trigger again, not trying to pump the market, but I have two younger brothers and a sister as well, who just got into the market. You know, my brother's 22. I'm pushing him to get into the market soon because I think like I said, in 10 years, I don't know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. It might become a renter city. And I think we're heading that way. I think so. Which is unfortunate, but I think the next 10 years is opportunity for people to kind of get in the market, even if it's on the outskirts, whether it's Barry, Durham, whatever it is, uh, get yourself a condo, a small house. And uh, I know it's going to pay dividends for first-time home buyers. For sure, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. A, it's a foot in the door. And I've done the same thing with my siblings as well. It's like I've pushed real estate on them. Even yeah. my brother, I forced him to buy his yeah. first condo. <laughs> nice. Like I literally said, hey, yeah, I got yeah. this deal worked out. Come here. I need right. your SIN card. Like let's make this yeah, thing yeah, happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, is that when he was getting his interim occupancy in that yeah. condo, Mattamy was releasing and picking. And these oh, are the nice. times where you got to stand outside. So yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't care what it takes. I got your name on this list. Yeah, and you got to yeah. be here for roll call. Like, let's right, go. Right, right. So yeah. he's like trying to move his U-Haul boxes yeah. and everything into his condo. And yeah. I'm like, come stand in this line right now. And yeah. luckily enough, he did. Yeah. Because by the time that place was ready, his condo had already appreciated and he was yeah, able yeah. to put a That's big amazing. chunk of this uh, yeah. into his uh, townhouse. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's, this, is, this is amazing to have you on the show, man. I, if you had asked me 10 years ago, I'd be sitting down with Mr. Hussein Kabani yeah. in a podcast. I'd be like, you're crazy, man. So, yeah. <laughs> this is a real honor. But um, I appreciate your hard work and, and admire your work as well. Thank you. Um, what are some uh, advices you can give to, let's say, young and up and coming realtors that, you know, I've been following for 10 years now. Like, what do you advise them today if they want to kind of succeed uh, in the next 10 years, given the way the market's going? Yeah. What do you suggest to them right now? You know what? Um, I'll start with the negative, I guess, yeah. first. Uh, <laughs> Both sides of yeah, the like, Yeah. Like, I think the negative part of it is, is that people kind of look at us and say, oh, like, they're making a lot of money and it's yeah. pretty simple. They're just going out and opening doors and things like that. Right. I think if you're going to get into this business to say, hey, uh, I can make a lot of money, yeah. maybe you have to reevaluate right. if you really want to get in that business because, yeah. you know, the Treb stats were out. Uh, I'm sure you kind of saw it, 70,000 yeah. agents and there's, yeah. uh, you know, 85% of them are doing between zero and five transactions, right. uh, which is fine if, if you're kind of in the background there. But if you really want to do something in this business, I think you got to get in for the right reasons at yeah. the same time. So that's the first thing. I wouldn't get into it because I think it's easy money or, right. uh, or I think I can make a lot of money in the business because... Yeah usually that doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say is, is that I would say be authentic. Like that's yeah. my way of doing it. I'm not trying to be somebody else when I'm out there. Right. Uh, I, I'm talking, I'm worried. I didn't prepare for this podcast yeah. or anything <laughs> so else like perfect. that. It's, it's just, it is <laughs> what genuine. it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'd say, don't try to be somebody else. You know, yeah. even I was making those mistakes uh, earlier yeah. in my career, I would look at a bigger agent and, and we all do, yeah. uh, you know, and we'd say, I want to be like this, but I would say that for the wrong reasons. I'm yeah. saying, oh, they're making all this money and this and that, but it was really the wrong reason. Right. Um, so I'd say, do it for the right reason, be yeah. yourself, be authentic. And I would would please say just don't get on social and and yeah. 
post a bunch of dumb stuff. Yes. Uh, I, I see a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think being on social is very important. important yeah. uh, yeah. I think it's very important, but be uh, knowledgeable when you're yeah. getting on there. And I would also tell people that if you're getting yeah. in the business, don't try to come across like you're a hotshot already. Like I, yeah. I think it's okay. Maybe if you have to join a team or if you have to do open houses for right. people and whatever, like yeah. learn the ropes. And, yeah. and I think it becomes very important because at the end of the day, uh, you don't want to mess up your client, right? Yeah. Because uh, if you start messing up your client and maybe you get away with it once or twice, but eventually yeah. uh, that's going to come back. And I've yeah. seen it too many times. Uh, right. So I would say, hey, it's okay to be new. Yeah. I, I think it's okay to be new, but but learn, learn from the bottom. You know yeah. what I mean? Like learn how things actually work and do it the right way. Don't just try to go out there and say, hey, I'm a big rock star, yeah. bliss with me. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Now you got to put in the work and, and the grind as well. So uh, coming from you, that means a lot. And, and I know our viewers are going to appreciate that too as well. Um, I got to ask you, man, about the truck. I've seen you in the truck yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I love that, man. I, I love that you're rolling in that truck uh, as a realtor. It's so different. It's so cool. Like, why, why did you make that decision? What, what was the reason for that? <laughs> you know what? There, there was uh, one major uh, decision was, is because yeah. uh, I've always been into camping. Um, oh, nice. Like the last 15 years, okay. uh, like I've been camping. Yeah. Uh, and then like two years ago, uh, my wife and I, we actually rented a small RV, like oh, cool. a pickup truck yeah. with the camper cab on the back of it. Yeah. And we drove it from Toronto to Vancouver. We did this whole nice. roundabout trip and really enjoyed it. So yeah. it got me thinking that, hey, I may want to pull a trailer, a yeah. travel trailer at some point. Okay. So then that led me to the truck. And then I had yeah. to really think about it because of the business that we're in. Like people yeah. expect to have a certain image. You right. know what I mean? Like you got to have a nice car and whatever. Yeah. And I've had these nice cars. And then I, and you know, I'm all about like uh, social experiments at the same time. So I yeah. said, let's do it. Like yeah. what's, what's going <laughs> to actually happen? Yeah. So I got that GMC pickup truck and right. everyone in my family, my friends told me, you're going to hate this thing. Yeah. It's not you. Like right. you're a Mercedes BMW kind of guy. You're not going to like this truck and you're going to give it back. Yeah. I actually believed it too, nice. but I didn't care because I yeah. knew that in six months I can actually flip that truck and get some money out of it. Yeah. Now that my lease is coming up. Yeah. I'm looking at options. Okay. And the only option I come back to is that truck. Wow. I really like it. And you know what? It hasn't hurt my business. Yeah, uh, people yeah. think it's kind of interesting yeah. uh, to actually have that type of a truck. And I actually explained to them why I actually have it. Same way I kind of did with you. Like I like yeah, camping. I like doing outdoor stuff. So it actually fits my lifestyle. If anything, it kind of shows your personality, right? Yeah. Which I think gets lost in this business nowadays where everything is so mundane and boring sometimes to bring out your personality. It's a differentiation factor, yeah. I think, in the industry. So that's, that's good on you, man. I, I'm not into trucks, but I think I'll maybe get a Jeep one day someday. You've inspired that's awesome. me. So that's, <laughs> that's awesome. You should, man. Yeah. But uh, that's that's amazing. Thanks for the the market update. Uh, we're going to ask you some other personal questions just to kind of add some fun into this podcast sure. and wanted to put you on the spot. So, so saying, let us know what is your favorite place to travel? Someplace that you haven't been before. Haven't been. Yeah. Um, I think it would be something like uh, Thailand or, or something else like that. Like I've been to like India, Vancouver, yeah. uh, you know, Europe and things like that. But yeah. I think going to Thailand or Japan, I think that's interesting nice. to me because it would be a complete culture shock. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What's your favorite movie or, or TV show that you've watched over and over again? Over and over again. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's might be kind of cheesy, but I yeah. really like Law and Order. Okay. Yeah, nice. So Law and Order has been good. We've been watching all <laughs> nice. the all the old episodes yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're really kind of into that right now. Awesome. And last question, what's the best piece of advice someone has given you? I would say it's my old corporate boss and it really sticks to me. Um, and, and he basically said like, you know, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. Right. You just have to be the hardest person, Got the it. hardest working person yeah. in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great way to wrap it up, Hussein. Thank you so much. No problem. Uh, if you enjoyed this information, this video, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Hussein, we'd love to have you on again sometime if you have the time. Absolutely. And we'll see you in the next episode, guys. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day.